Adrian Griffin done in Milwaukee after just 43 games. Plus, Terry Rozier, now a member of the Miami Heat. And have we reached the absolute bottom, the worst of NBA officiating? It's all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown NBA Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and we are here for you every Wednesday. That's us, me, John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics Podcast on Twitter, at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake, 153 points in a game, Madison here, host of the Lockdown Pelicans on Twitter, at Nola Jake. That was fun. What a night. In New Orleans, I mean, can we? What are two days in the NBA? Look, this this twenty four hour stretch has been one of the best twenty four hours, including everything, just everything. Partially because I saw a last minute report that I've never seen before. (laughs) Ten incorrect calls. That's got to be a record. That's third segment. We'll play our game of real or fake. There, we had uh, points galore including uh, a game in which Terry Rozier participated and won, spoiling Carl uh, Anthony Towns' 62-point uh, effort in Minnesota. Now he goes to Miami to a good team. We'll talk about that in the second segment. We're going to start with a team that didn't uh, that, that has had trouble keeping points off the board at all, one of the worst defensive teams in the league. So if you're looking to place a bet on the over and you want to do it on FanDuel, do it during a Bucks game. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guarantee when you place a $5 bet, any $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Jake, 43 games. That's it. That's all. I hope you took the under on games coached by Adrian Griffin because he is now done in Milwaukee. This, I know they were struggling. I've seen some of those struggles up close. But I wasn't expecting him to get fired before the All-Star break. So, look, it's a little surprising, right? As you said, before the All-Star break. Like, I I don't know if anyone's done it yet. I know some people were asking about it on social media and things. Like, this is the fewest games, like, coached, right? Like, this is, like, one of those things where it's, like, the earliest firing, the fewest games to try and get some things right. And it's surprising because one of the timing of it, right, it's early. But also, they're they're second in the East, you know? Like, it's not not like they're, like, flailing here. They're they're 30 and 13. They're second in the East. And they have the second best offense in the league right now. This is a team that, by all accounts, you, you would call good. You would call title contenders. But then you see how things have just played out out with them this season and the defense basically falling off a cliff for them 21st in the league right that's also maybe because they traded drew holiday away you've seen Giannis maybe not really be bought in to adrian griffin and what he was doing you know taking the clipboard other things like that when you kind of look at all of this right terry stotts who they had hired to be an assistant coach at the beginning of the year like quitting before the season even started before even preseason was done like this all kind of had signs that were like just big red flags here not not pink flags not beige flags not yellow flags like (laughs) glaring red flags nice cherry red yeah so like when you see that you're like 
okay, yeah. And like, this is a, it's an interesting preemptive move, right? Like they are going to be a good regular season team, but they're very worried about how Adrian Griffin is a first time head coach is going to handle the playoffs. Right. And you don't want to lose because of a coaching mistake or lack of adjustments on all of that. So that's why they they're doing this. That leads to one of the most ironic things I, I could imagine, right. That, the reports are they're going to hire Doc Rivers. That's who their number one person is, who literally owns the most choke jobs in NBA history as a head coach. Like, I get why you're going for him because he's like safe, right? It's like the safest, most consistent, smart choice in that sense that you could get. But that just speaks to how bad things were that that's what you need. <laughs> right, right. So, it's funny. So when Milwaukee was in Boston back at the end of November, right around Thanksgiving, I watched Giannis start to wave off uh, a substitution, uh, which I think made you know, that, that was a, a big thing that night in the NBA. Now I was in the arena for that. I'm watching Bobby Portis sitting at the, at the table, Giannis waving him off and literally Adrian Griffin having to push Bobby Portis onto the floor. Cause he didn't know what the hell to do when the horn sounded to sub in and Giannis sitting there having a heated discussion with the coach and then subbing right back in for like Brooke Lopez, that type of stuff didn't seem like you, like you don't realize that that's uh, a symptom of something, right? It's like, it's like the cough from the King and Braveheart it seems innocuous at the beginning, but you it's, it's, you know, foreshadowing his, his impending doom. They once a team loses confidence, loses faith in the coach, he's got to go. I can't can't believe that it happened so quickly, but it it did. And and look to your point, turning to Doc Rivers is that going to be the answer? No, but it'll stabilize the patient, right? Like this is how I've been putting it. You you bring them into the ER. You, you stop the bleeding, you get the the, the vitals kind of set, and then you figure things out. They have no choice. If the players aren't on board, you have no choice. And the only options are very, the, the, there are very few, right? You're not going to bring back Mike Budenholzer. Which, it begs, it begs, you should, uh, but you're not like, going to. If you're turning to Doc Rivers now, then why couldn't you have just kept Budenholzer from the beginning? But whatever. Sometimes relationships end and that ended. It, what's so interesting about that part that you're talking about with Giannis too is like the the reports were that like he vouched for Adrian Griffin and this was who he wanted hired. So the second he's like, "Yep, nope, I'm over this," like you you have to make that move. The, I, I think losing Stotts was a big deal um, because Oof. now now you you don't have you now have Damian Lillard learning a, a whole new thing in a new city right before the season starts. You have a new coach learning to be a head coach right before, you know, like heading into this this season. And I didn't think Griffin was going to have so many problems. He's been in the league forever. He's been on a million teams. He's seen a million different systems. He's been an assistant coach for a long time. He's seen what's worked, what's what what hasn't. He's been a he's coached Giannis He's coached other stars. Like he's been around. This isn't, this isn't completely new, but when you hear that at the in-season tournament, they called in doc rivers to give him advice. This is reporting from the athletic 
that they they set up a meeting with Doc Rivers, then a broadcaster, to give him advice and guidance. Well, that's it. I, I bet you at that point, Adrian Griffin was like, I'm done. I, how can you have the team bring in this guy? Like, hey, sit down with this guy and learn something, will you? That that's that's something that is is mind blowing to me. Bringing Doc in, uh, it's not going to do anything besides maybe get some guys to like buy in again and get them kind of like settled. But it's not going to make Malik Beasley play defense. It's not going to make Damian Lillard play defense. What's Doc going to do? It's it's he's Applebee's, right? Like that's what this is. It's just like the <laughs> safest thing that you could do, right? Like it's not going to be an amazing meal. You're not going to go have a bad meal there, certainly, right? There's things that like would elevate it, but they're not going to do that. That's what it is, right? It's like he's that Applebee's kind, it's is Applebee's. Like the most backhanded. Yeah, that's like I don't know, man. It's if not it, a compliment. Like it's not a bad thing. Your Applebee's, I might fight you. That might be one of the worst. Like, damn. Damn, that's where, that's where I'll take you when you're here in New Orleans next month. <laughs> oh my um, god! No, it's like it's 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 a safe choice, right? Like that'll get them through the regular season, and then they're gonna choke in the playoffs, and like that's gonna be that. And we're gonna laugh about this, but it was just a mess. And like as you said, they're just trying to stabilize, which is like a thirty and thirteen team trying to stabilize. What in the world is going on there? Well, you know, look, you you, you look at Boston ahead of you. And I know they just destroyed, demolished Boston, but that was, I think everybody understood, like scheduling was kind of a, a factor in all of that. Uh, you look at Boston ahead of you, they are top five in both offense and defense, and they can run with you and also stop you. And that that's something that I think the Bucs uh, are looking at and like other teams are looking at, like the Miami Heat are looking at Boston and saying, you got to load up. You can't just go with what you have. And so Milwaukee makes their move to say, if we're going to make this, if we're going to be competitive, we got to do this because Dame isn't getting any younger. So you have to do something now. Boston yeah. is making their move now. Boston is as good as they are right now. Miami says we need more scoring. So they get Terry Rozier. Now let's talk about the Terry Rozier trade in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by Hungry Roots. Hungry Roots, the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They deliver healthy groceries, simple recipes, all in one place. You go to Hungry Root, you take a fun, short quiz. They get to know you, your goals, what you like to eat, the flavors, the appliances you like to use. And they keep your needs and preferences top of mind to start building your cart with delicious recipes and the groceries that you need. They'll recommend the groceries and the recipes for your taste. You can take their suggestions or just choose whatever you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry stable, staples, healthy snacks, sweets, and much more. Hungry Root goes beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that actually put your groceries to good use before they're forgotten in the back of the fridge. I hate that. They say the food's got to be good. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain certain whole uh, trusted ingredients. So spend less time meal planning, shopping, cooking, enjoy healthy food that you'll actually love with Hungry Root. Go to HungryRoot.com slash locked on. Locked on NBA listeners, you get 40% off your first delivery. How about this? Free veggies for life. Go to HungryRoot.com slash locked on. 40% off your first delivery and you get free veggies. It's HungryRoot.com 
slash locked on. Don't forget to use that link because they know we sent you. Today's show also brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors, passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Go check out Locked On Sports today, the first ever national sports 24 streaming channel. Right now, it's on all the time, every time, every, anytime you want to go check it out. Turn it on, sports talk the way you want it, all the biggest stories around and uh, just all day long on YouTube. It's a fun little uh, place to go for the big sports stories. Like maybe Terry Rozier going to the Miami Heat. Jake, Terry Rozier. Uh, you give up, they give up Kyrie Irving. I mean, I'm not Kyrie Irving, <laughs> Kyle Lowry, <laughs> Kyle Lowry and a protected 2017 first round pick. They get Terry Rozier. So they have to pay to get off of Kyle Lowry and you know, they needed scoring punch. They get scoring punch. Uh, they get a decent defender. He's not a big player. He's only six one. So that doesn't address any size issues that they might have, but Overall, look, they, they fill the need. I, I kind of compare this to the Pacers getting Pascal Siakam. It's it's a nice move. It fits a need. doesn't put them into the top of the East, but it solidifies them as a competitor, one of the top competitors for that fourth seed. Yeah, look, I like it for him. You know, I don't think it's like the type of move where you're like, oh, now they're a true title contender. But as you said, it kind of addresses a couple of things that they need, right? He's also a, been a good three-point shooter this season on volume. I think they want to up their three-point attempt numbers too. And when you look at who he's replacing and Kyle Lowry, who's been kind of a disaster this year, like it's very clearly an upgrade just yeah. based off of that alone. So for that, th those reasons, I, I like it for them, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely a short term move, though, right? When you look at how much he's owed and giving up that first round pick, you know, it might make it tougher for the Miami Heat to go star hunting in the future, which is what they often like to do. So that maybe worries me a little bit for them. But this is a guy that, you know, on a high usage, doesn't turn the ball over, hits threes, can give them scoring, can get downhill, is pretty tough. Like, yeah. Good, good yeah. for the Miami Heat on this move. Sure, it's a nice fit. Hey, but hey, that salary, which is $25 million, uh, he's under contract, obviously, for the rest of this year, and then two more years after that, $25 million or so. And that's a very tradable salary that yeah. af after this season, you can, if you want to go star hunting, that's a great number to have in, in, you know, tradable for you. But for now, the the scoring is, is going to be, a, you know, an important element to, what Miami is looking for. Uh, you know, look with, with Spolstra and heat culture and all of that stuff, you, you can take 
all of the stuff that we're saying and like multiply it by like 25% because Miami always seems to get that much more out of a deal. So whatever we're thinking, whatever you're thinking when you're watching or listening, you, you can probably like say Rozier is going to fit in maybe a little bit better than we think. Maybe he's going to score a little bit better than we think. I think Rozier, like he's going to give you points. He's inefficient with his points. And, you know, like that's going to be a little bit of an issue for a team like like Miami that's not going to be like running gun. They're going to slow it down and they're you, you need efficient scoring. So if he can up his efficiency as part of this, then that's going to be an even better move. But regardless, I, I think overall, you know, if you're grading trades like this, I think I think it's a solid like A minus B plus move for for Miami. And in the other on the other side though, the question is is that is his streakiness, is the inefficiency is is that going to be corrected enough to kind of give Miami exactly what they're looking for? You know, I, I, I do think it will, right? Like he's got a pretty high usage rate. He's setting a career high in points per game right now, but he's not going to be playing that kind of role here on this team. So I wonder if going to the Miami Heat, kind of taking a little bit of a back seat, if there's kind of some growth from him as a player there, you'll see that efficiency ratchet up a little bit. And I think there's definitely potential for that, especially with Heat culture being a very real thing, right? And he's playing, you know, with some guys, that the caliber of players that he hasn't played with in a while you know i wonder if you know he's not great defensively but when you have bam at a bio back there defensively kind of anchoring you it kind of makes up for that sort of shortcoming of him too so i don't know i like i i really do like the fit again i think with him you know, not having the ball in his hands as much, right? You're going to see the points per game numbers go down. You'll see the assist numbers go down. Can he still launch threes? I'm sure he's going to be quite happy in that mm. role. And if he does that, right, like that's going to work for him. That should yeah. mean the efficiency gets better, I think. Well, you like, look, his he's never been at league average effective field goal percentage. So he's always been below that. So it's, it's, um, he is a volume guy. Yeah. I would, I would say that he can be a capable defender and, if he buys into what Miami is doing, then he can, he can, I think that might be the place where he really improves the most or, or, or kind of benefits the most from what Miami is doing. That's, you know, creative defensive schemes, creative like zones and stuff like that, that Spolstra is known for. And look, you, you get, you get traded to Miami, you've got to buy in and you've got to follow the lead of Jimmy Butler. You got to follow the lead of Bam Adebayo, who's been there and is like the cornerstone. And you follow the lead of Eric Spolster. You know, going in that you can't, you can't rock that boat. You can't shake what Miami does because no one, whatever your opinion is of the team, whatever fan of an, an, uh, a rival you might be, you cannot, their, their, their front office, their structure, that culture is kind of unassailable. So Rozier is, is, hey, he has no choice but to kind of fall in line. Now we'll see. We'll see what, what, what that brings them. He, he went to Charlotte and it didn't work. It didn't really work there. They only were a winning team once. They never made the playoffs and it's not all his fault, but they kind of, uh, we're hoping that he would be one of the guys that would lead them out of that. And, and he wasn't. So if he kind of accepts a, a role here to be less of a volume guy and a little bit more uh, on the efficient side, 
then I think Miami really get you know hits a home run here. But again, I do question how far that will take them, and and that I think that's that's where we get into the the myth of the Miami Heat and like what the run they made last year versus the reality of basketball. And you say, yeah, this is nice, but you know. It's Beyond it's like night. keeping up with the Joneses of like the mid tier sure. there, right? Like the Knicks made a move for Ananobi. You had Indiana go for Siakam. So it's like if Miami wanted to kind of stay in there, like they had to do something. And this is probably the move that presented itself. So they they jumped on it. That's it. That's the best way to put it. Hey, let's run down some of the games that happened. There were games in the NBA. Uh, Knicks 108-103 over the Nets. 30 apiece for Brunson and Randall. 10-3 run over the final two minutes to come back there. Mikael Bridges had 36 for the Nets. He was on fire there. Denver, 114-109 over Indiana. Jokic casual with the game-winning shot. 31-13-10, just another triple-double for Jokic. He only shot 13 of 19. Uh, 31 also for Murray. No Halliburton uh, still for the Indiana Pacers. The uh, New Orleans Pelicans, as we said at the top of the show, 153 points. Jake, how did the Pelicans score 153 points in this game? Helps when you go uh, 23 for 46, 50% from three in this one. CJ McCollum made nine threes himself. He had 33 points in this. Zion with 11 assists. Herb Jones, who was just in some trade rumors, also went off. Perfect four four from three in this one. It's a franchise record for the Pelicans. CJ, CJ McCollum's having a very like quiet, good year, kind of reinventing the way he's playing. I actually talk about that in the first segment of Locked on Pelicans today. Oh, that's a tease. All right, let's uh, we'll get to some of the other games because they're relevant to our next segment. Officiating. Have we hit rock bottom with the officials? We'll talk about that in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book, and it's such for a reason. Because you, new user, you'll get $150 in bonus bets. All you got to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, and place a $5 wager on anything. That's it. Win or lose, doesn't matter. You just got to bet $5 on something when you're new to FanDuel, and they'll give you $150 in bonus bets. Who doesn't want $150 in bonus bets, win or lose? When you get that, and hey, maybe you win your $5 bet, then you can hop on that app and cruise through like the Explore tab. That's new, and you can find bets, popular bets that people are making there. You can find parlays in the parlay hub you can play some same game parlays stack some bets maybe get a little bit bigger return if you can hit those plenty of ways to play at fanduel fanduel.com slash locked on that's where you got to go to get this deal make your first bet a layup fanduel is the official partner of the nfl and i always encourage you to use the tools that fanduel has these are great tools because they want you to have fun. They don't want you to get yourself into trouble. Set your limits, set your budget, and you can have fun because you'll be gambling responsibly. All right, Jake, the uh, Portland Trailblazers lost a tough game in Oklahoma City. Shea Gilgis-Alexander had 33 points. Jalen Williams uh, hit a game winner. His 19th point to uh, beat the Blazers, 111-109. We won't talk about DeAndre Ayton for Portland having five points on 207 shooting. Although we probably should if it was a different night in the NBA, if we didn't have a million crazy things happening. 
DeAndre Ayton being DeAndre Ayton is probably a, a big topic, but no, we're going to talk about the timeout drama at the end with Malcolm Brogdon getting double teamed, uh, Chauncey Billups clearly yelling timeout, but not signaling timeout. He didn't signal the timeout, which I think is a key element here. He yelled for timeout. No call. People are complaining like crazy online. There was, uh, and, and, and that ended up two technicals and ejection. That was a big, big reason for uh, Portland losing this game, which, hey, Portland lost the game. Congratulations. Like, you should be losing games. This comes on the heels of 10, 10 incorrect calls, Jake, <laughs> in the Charlotte-Minnesota game, six of which favored Charlotte in the last two minutes. Six. And that was the game that they blew when Carl Anthony Towns was having a monster, monster game. So let's play our favorite game. Jake, real or fake? We have hit the bottom, the absolute bottom of officiating in the NBA. It's real. Not because of this game in particular, just in general. The officiating has been bad this year you're seeing everyone complain about it when everyone's on the same page with this that probably leads to something the last two minute report in look i like the nba's attempt at transparency with this doesn't really help with this necessarily to be perfectly honest that's probably something that should kind of stay behind closed doors but yes it's it's funny that you ask this question because look as a network right Locked On does uh, things to attract like advertisers and other things. We hear FanDuel, we hear others here, right? We have this like sizzle reel that we put together as a network to like present to like sponsors. And there's literally a clip of me screaming. And I think it was probably on Locked On NBA. And it's like, <laughs> the NBA has an officiating problem. So if you want to <laughs> advertise on Locked On, that's the type of stuff that you get, right? So yeah, I got to be consistent with myself Parker, here. Come advertise with us. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, so I've been saying this for a while. I don't think it's officiated well at all. I don't know if it could be better. Probably could. But yeah, we're definitely getting towards the bottom of the barrel. Again, not because of this game. Chauncey Billups should have signaled for the timeout. I don't know if that really would have changed things. Brogdon probably should have called one himself. Would have probably been a good idea, too. He had the ball do something there. He's kind of being harassed by defenders. But he didn't do any favors with that either. So, like, it's not this. It's things like the last two-minute reports with 10 incorrect calls yeah. in the final two minutes of a close game that led to kind of like not serious fallout, I guess, but like kind of serious fallout for the Timberwolves, right? That that whole press conference with Finch after the game kind of tearing yeah, his team apart, right? Like, like that's different if they win the game, you know? Like who knows what that means long-term? So yeah, absolutely. The officiating is rock bottom. It's going to continue to be rock bottom it's been rock bottom for a while true um real, whatever it is we say here. <laughs> um okay i'm gonna say fake because as bad as it's been it can get worse it can get worse um and so i'm not gonna say it's great but i'm not gonna say it's at its absolute bottom because I, I still think that when you go back and look at a lot of the things that happen, 
the in the heat of the moment, there's a lot of crying and yelling and all of that stuff. And a lot of times you go back and look and you go, oh wait, that actually that wasn't that wasn't a foul or that was a foul, whatever the opposite of what happened. So I'm giving I'm giving the officials a little bit, just a little bit of benefit here because first of all, it, it's very difficult. And I don't think they're put in the right position. I've been saying for years, many, many years, that they should add a fourth official. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I think a fourth official, and you have everybody in like a diamond pattern, and one guy is like a little bit behind. And this way, that that back official can get back in transition and have a good view. I'm tired of these transition calls that a ref is just, there's impotent yet. No one's going to be fast enough to chase down Russell Westbrook, you know, who's still like the fastest. Person. How are you going to chase behind that guy and see if he got fouled? No. So, but to have a fourth set, you know, a fourth official, fourth set of eyes to kind of see things, I think you can position that person to get a better sense. And something like this timeout can be, can be recognized. Uh, you have another person. I think one of the reasons specifically with this timeout, I do think Brogdon was trying to call timeout. He's just had his back to every official because everybody was in the, the front court and no one was behind and he just happened to got spun around and it's okay. See, it's crazy. It's loud. It's, it's manic, but I do think that this, this season has been one of the worst officiated seasons. There's no doubt about that. So go ahead. So, so breaking news, according to Woj, uh, Portland is filing a protest with the league office to challenge the results of the 111-109 loss to Oklahoma City Tuesday. Portland contends Chauncey Billups was clearly calling timeout prior to the officials uh, whistling a blazer double dribble with 15.6 seconds left. So they oh, think cool. he didn't need to call it, but... Also for like a tanking team, that's like risking some money there because they have to like file a give a like what hundred grand deposit or something like that to the league just to protest that one here. So for a tanking team that doesn't want to win games, that's kind of interesting. Here's here's the pool report, which which finally came out from Bill Kennedy, who explained why the referee in the slot <laughs> position was refereeing the double team that was right in front of him, which makes it difficult for number one to hear and number two to see a coach request a timeout behind him. He is taught to referee the play until completion, which a, which a double dribble happens. And he correctly calls the double dribble. And then pursuant to that, the technical fouls come forward. So two texts there for Chauncey Billups. That is the exact argument for the fourth official. Get somebody behind the play to see it. But anyway, um, I think the, the league needs to just take a serious look at the officiating because – uh, the last thing you want is when things like this happen and we just, everybody's talking about the league is in, in bed with gambling. And I I don't think that that's something that leads to like being, being around gambling doesn't lead to corruption. If people, if people want to be corrupt, you can do it without people having gambling apps on their phones. But you don't want this perception. You don't want this negative perception to persist. You need to make the officiating better, whether it's better training, uh, better seasoning, like making sure that the the, the veteran officials uh, stick around longer, 
Uh, like I said, adding that fourth official, something has to happen here because you can't have uh, Mike Brown having like props. You can't have the the Darko Rajakovich uh, rant like like, you can, like all of this is happening for a reason. Guys are getting ejected like crazy right now. Um, so the officiating, while I I will give them more credit than some people, it it's it is it is broken to a point and it, it definitely needs to be fixed. Uh, the final thing I'll say on this is. We shouldn't know some of these refs like we do, or as many refs as we do. We shouldn't know their True. names. Like they shouldn't have Wikipedia pages, which a bunch of them do. And it's like, <laughs> like what are we doing? And there here shouldn't when that's the be case? stats on who, like, which ref, who, which team wins when which ref is refing. Like that should not be a thing. But it is. But it is. Well. This podcast was a thing. Congratulations to the Clippers who won their game against the Lakers as we wrap this up. So that's the night in the NBA. Those are the big stories in the NBA. And that's the Locked On NBA podcast. So every Wednesday, it's us. I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way you get this show dropped directly to your device. Rotating hosts all week long. It's a great show with all these different hosts. Tomorrow, Nick Angstead, Pat the Designer. It's a great time. Uh, I love the way they do their show as well. Uh, if you're an everyday or if you're with us every Monday through Friday, I would love it if you shared the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Watch this show. It's the Lockdown NBA podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.